This whole series has been about the concept of what it actually means when we, or, or Bible-believing people, or people uh, that relate themselves with Christ, say, what does it actually mean when we say, you have power and all authority on earth as it is in heaven? What does that actually mean? See, in a crazy way, it can mean a whole lot of things, but for us, we've been covering over the last two weeks what it actually had looked like. Grant opened us up with this series and spoke about us having power over darkness and what that actually looks like. And there was a great message go online. I would love to talk about it, uh, but he did a better job. Last week, we spoke about power over nature and what that actually in itself means, how we can actually have legitimate power over nature and dominion because that's how God intended it to be. That's how he actually created it. Tonight, though, it is my awesome privilege uh, and just a heads up that, that next Sunday night we'll be having what we would call a soaking service instead. So no sermon, just straight worship and a night of prayer. So if you're interested, definitely come along and check that out. So this is our last part in our series, Power. And so tonight I want to be talking about the concept of power over self. See, I feel like this is a great topic for us to finish on because in a lot of ways, us learning to have control over ourselves, or walking in our callings and actually coming into a place of understanding that we have power in totality over ourselves as human beings changes absolutely everything. Because if we can understand that it is up to, in a lot of ways, it can be up to us to actually make some so-called money moves and do some things in our life, then we can actually walk in what God has for each and every single one of us. And so the concept of power over self, in a lot of ways, some would say, and, and it would be preached from the front, that the enemy is your greatest enemy and, and, and Satan is out to get you. And don't get me wrong, that's completely true. The Bible tells us that so. But in the same way, I would like to submit to church tonight that if the enemy ain't getting you down, and if the enemy ain't getting in your way, there's only one other person that can. And my dear friends, that is you getting in the way of yourself. And so when we learn to harness what it actually means to have power over, in my instance, this human being with a hard coconut head, then we can actually walk in what God's actually asking us, of us, I should say. So is anyone here tonight expecting to hear from God? There's a couple of people. We're warming up, eh? It's a warm day. It's a great day. On this idea, I, I just really want to share a story about my own instance and in, in my own life where I learned that it wasn't always the enemy that got me down. In a lot of ways, it came up to Orion, and I, I once heard uh, Pastor Ants, our senior pastor, preach it this way. He said, if it ain't the devil, then it is just a dumb decision. And so in a lot of ways, in my own life, I've made a whole lot of dumb decisions. Some of you smirking right now are even thinking, oh yeah, on the way here, I made a dumb decision. I went left instead of right. I should have listened to my wife. But in a lot of ways, we can just make dumb decisions 
in regards to what it is that we're actually being called to, and in doing so, holds us back from what it is that God has specifically destined and designed us to actually achieve on this earth. What we call that is purpose. See, if we can actually understand that we have a purpose first and foremost, then we can understand that in a lot of ways, human nature would seek to keep us from that purpose. Why? Most of us will understand the concept that we're born into a fallen world. What does that mean for us? That means, by right, we just want to do what we want to do, which isn't always bad for some of you. But for a lot of us, we know that that's not always the best thing. See, if I woke up this morning and said, you know what? I feel like walking to church and throwing a Bible at someone because they're just not listening. And I walk into church, and I'm like, hey, how's it going, Grant? And he just, what was that for? Oh, just because. Just because I felt like it. We know in a lot of ways where that would end up. Grant would probably get mad. For those of you who don't know, this is Grant down here. So Grant would get mad. He'd get a bit gutted. He'd wonder why. There'd be a bit of confrontation. Depending on who would back down first, the confrontation would either carry on or it would cease to exist and become what we call an, an emotional echo. And it would bury itself down. At some point, at some time, we would have issues. And that's where we get beef. Not the cow, but, 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 but in, a, in a circumstance where we would have issues and they generally wouldn't be sorted. Why? Because Orion decided to do what he wanted not what was the smartest decision or not what was the right thing to do, but in a way, just what I wanted to do, which didn't lead anywhere except for a bad place and a bad time. In a lot of ways, and, and, and many of you would, would have heard before, but uh, one of my biggest issues I had growing up was anger. This is why I talk about this. Confrontation, eh? It's a goodie. But for me, anger was always a major issue. Anger was, and, and I personally, personally, I'm allowed to do this because it's my mum's side, I blame my islander side. Uh, I blame my islander side because, yeah, generally, you know, we just react and, and then ask questions later. And so for, in a lot of ways, I would always react, never listen, never actually take into consideration what was going on and who was involved, but it was, Orion oh, was right. Why? Because he was. Why not is the real question. And so this in itself led me into a whole lot of situations that if we had time to talk about, we'd be here till your long weekend is over. But for me, I couldn't understand because I always thought that I was right. And I always thought that when I just reacted, it was me just doing what I should do in general. See, in a lot of ways, the Bible and, and, and people, even just people and teachers in general would come up to me and say, you shouldn't really act like that. And my question would always be, why? This is who I am. And I consistently made the conversation, and, or, or made the remark, I should say, over my life by saying the simple words of, this is who I am. See, for me, I, I didn't really understand who I was. And so because I didn't understand who I was, I had issues with how to control me. Because these people would say, you're not supposed to be angry. I'd say, well, that's who I am, so how can I not be? You're telling me not to be me. Do you understand where I'm going tonight? And so in a lot of ways, it led me into very bad places. We, 
at primary school, we had this little place. It was this red circle down at Frankton Primary School, and they said, go sit on the circle. Yeah, like it had magical powers or something. You know, what you do as a child, you sit down, and then as soon as someone walks away, you're out of there. There's a playground. Sweet. Growing up into intermediate led me into fights. High school most definitely led me into a whole lot of fights, a whole lot of time with teachers, and even when I was with teachers, it led to disputes with them, which would go up the chain, and you can figure out the rest. Parents being called down, all of this, because I never understood what it actually meant to be in control of myself. The concept tonight we're talking about is power over self. For us, firstly, to really understand what it means to have power over ourselves, we actually have to take a quick glimpse into who you are. According to the Bible, you're a child of God. That in every single way, if we were to understand the characteristics of who we are supposed to be, we would look in the book of Galatians and go over to a short scripture that is in chapter 5, and I believe it's verse 22 to 23, and it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That when we give our lives to Christ, we start to operate in nine characteristics that are totally godly and awesome. And if we could all operate in all nine, man, it'd be a great time, wouldn't it? Sadly, a lot of us don't. We look into other titles that we have loved, we are loved, that we have been redeemed, that we are chosen. That's a great one, isn't it? So for us, when we can find ourselves and look into the concept of self, There is a time, and and as much as I would love to break down that concept, again, it would take us all the rest of our long weekend, and most of us don't really have time. Most of us are thinking right now it's an inconvenience to even sit in this room. So bear with me. Also on that note, we just really have to understand that we must come into a place of first noticing ourselves in the image of Christ and then learning to walk in it. Again, we come back to what we're talking about tonight, which is power over self. A lot of us walk in what the world would say is you. I would say that is wrong. Look and read, take your own time, take as much time as you want, you'll need a lot of time. Look in the Bible and see what the Bible actually says about you. Look in what Jesus actually proclaims over your life. And this is the standpoint in which we're talking about this topic tonight, is that God has called you to be an overcomer. God has paved a way for you that if you would walk in relationship with Him, you would be an overcomer in wholeness. A lot of us right now are sitting in a place possibly that we're struggling with things in our own lives, not realizing that Jesus actually overcame them And so you already have victory. The thing I would say to you is the Lord has overcome, and so why are you trying or why are you struggling with the concept with things trying to overcome you? Hence the word trying. A lot of things in your life cannot overcome you. Why? Especially when in relationship with Christ, we need to learn that we have access to a power and an authority that would absolutely change an atmosphere in and around your situation. That when we would just make a choice and say, you know what, instead of this person, yeah, they they sort of called me some names. Instead of going, island of self. (laughs) We would actually take a moment and go, Jesus self. Are you all right, my friend? Is there something you need to talk about? Big difference. Simple things. Big changes. In a lot of ways, this comes back to 
exactly what we're talking about tonight, and that's learning to have power over self. I really do believe that if the church would step into a place of learning to have power over self, we would achieve far more than a church has up until this very day and age. Why? Because if you were here this morning, you heard the message that was preached this morning, and people are really needing to see an image of Christ, not just hear words that go on. See, I would say, I'm a Bible-believing young man. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And then possibly you find me uh, driving next to you, and I'm wondering, why is this guy going so slow? In the words of Pastor Ants, it's the person, not the car. I see the person and not the car. And so tonight, again, what does it actually look like for us to learn and to step into the power that we have in the only way and in the only person that can truly stop yourself from walking in God's calling that he's placed on your life, which is you, and learning to overcome even that so that in every way we can walk out the calling that God's placed on our lives. Are you with me, church? Awesome. Let us flick over to Luke chapter 9. And we're going to be looking at verses 23 to 25, a story that a lot of you know about Scripture that most of you possibly could have already read. Let's break it open. Verse 23 begins, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Hear me, church verse 25, what good is it for someone to gain the world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? May the church tonight repeat after me, self-control. When we come into a place and understand that we have a choice to act or react, may I add react in situations, This can change everything. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. In a lot of ways, everything, if I was to stand up and say, Orion, and not really believe in Jesus, and Orion do what he wanted to do, oh boy, we'd have a little maniac running around still. Little crazy hooligan running the streets, running riot, doing the scene, being crazy. A lot of you are like, yeah, that's my children at the moment. Pray for them. (laughs) But we must deny what we as humans would want to do. See, when someone calls us names, we would want to, and absolutely, by right, some would say, you have the awesome opportunity to just lay into them. But with Jesus, that's not always the right thing to do. That's actually, in every single way, Jesus came against that theory and said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yeah, yeah, nah, that was once the law. But if someone punches you in one cheek, turn the other cheek and let them take a jab at that one too. Oh, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, that's Jesus. He's awesome like that. But for us, in every single way, we must learn to deny ourselves. In a lot of ways, we, in so many ways, want to do what we want to do, and it's not always the best thing. I used to seriously want to take drugs and drink alcohol all the time. Is that the smartest thing to do? Some would say to this day, yeah. But if we're being dead serious, no. Because we see what that action results in. 
So we continue. We must learn and we must deny ourselves and, this is our ulterior action, is and take up our cross daily and follow him. This is where we step into action phase and action mode where it's not only that we hear the words of Christ, but we learn to actually live out the gospel. We take practical steps, if you will. And in doing so, we align ourselves with the one who we're trying to be like. Who is that? That is Jesus. In a lot of ways, we're seeking to be like him, but in a lot of ways, we struggle. Why? Because we miss these two concepts, and we miss the fact that we must deny ourselves first, we must deny all our own desires. I don't really feel like praying today. Yeah, well, lucky we don't base our thoughts and fear or everything that we do on our feelings. And we actually learn and teach ourselves to act on the truth. What is the truth? That I am so passionate about Jesus that I want to be in relationship with him. How do I be in relationship? Well, let's just hang out with him and let's talk to him. And so in doing such thing, I learn to deny myself and take up my cross. It's a daily thing. See, for a long time, I thought it was just a one-time event. You say the prayer up the magical front with a magical pastor, that goes, repeat after me. The Lord is my Savior. The Lord is my Savior. You say your prayer, and you're like, handy dandy. You're like, sweet. Golden ticket to Charlie Chocolate Factory. woo Not so. There is a journey. That is but one step in a lifelong journey that all of us must understand and consistently seek after with everything that we have. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Consistently chasing after Jesus. And the last verse, verse 25, oh, it's a goodie. Verse 25 says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world? Everything that you could ever want. Everything that when we look at society in the day and age that we live in, we would see billionaires and millionaires gaining absolutely everything. Yet weeks later, after they've just made the most successful business plan or business proposal or earned the biggest amount of money they've ever done in their whole career, we find that a lot of them have committed suicide. Life wasn't as good as it cracked up to be. See, for me, when I see stuff like that, I ask myself, why? In a lot of ways, we would chase wealth and we would chase things of this earth. And yet when we see people that do it and do it very, very successfully, they still haven't found it. They're looking for something that they can't find here on earth. And in a lot of ways, what they're actually looking for is a relationship with Christ. It's that God-sized gap that's inside of their heart. They're trying to put a square in the place of a triangle we watch our kids do it and laugh. And in a lot of ways, sadly, we do the same and curse God. Lose or forfeit their very self. Let us flip over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. And this gives us an awesome, awesome picture and wraps up exactly what I'm talking about. Verse 17 says this, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. 
I once had a friend tell it to me like this, and I'm going to give you a really cool analogy. It helped me understand it all the more. One side of the room, we've got a white dog, wolf, if you will, awesome-looking, beautiful creation. On the right side, we've got this dark, menacing black wolf. In my hand, I have a piece of meat. Dog on the left, the white dog represents God in totality, the relationship that we have with Christ, the awesomeness that he is. On the right is everything that we would think we would want to be. Our own desires, human nature, things of this world. Meat in our hand represents us. It says that today in this day, I have a choice. My choice right now in this very moment is to choose. Do I feed the dog on the left? Do I feed the dog on the right? The one that I feed more obviously gets stronger and more powerful. It grows to be a worthy beast, if you will, a worthy wolf that gets to roam the lands inside of my mind, inside of my heart, inside of my soul. Whoever I feed the most obviously wins every single fight. Why? Because they're nourished. The ball is in your court. Tonight we have an opportunity when I ask you this question, who are you feeding? Tonight the question arises, which desire are you feeding? Are we seeking to lean in more towards flesh? Or are we learning to walk in spirit and in walking in spirit and in feeding the white dog, if you will, we come into a place of activating power and authority that gets us to walk in the purposes that God has for us. What does that look like? Absolute beautiful blissfulness, crazy coolness. Sometimes. Because we understand when we walk with Christ, it means what? We must deny ourselves as we just read. What does that look like? Sometimes that can suck. Because sometimes Orion still wants to do what Orion wants to do. In the same way, whether we want to raise our hands or not or profess it, we all want to do what we want to do. Tonight, though, we're talking about the concept of overcoming what we want to do and learning to walk in the Spirit and do what He wants us to do. Are you with me, church? So the question I ask for us tonight is, how do we operate in power over ourselves? Because we hear about what it actually means, or, or we've heard the concept that there is power to be had over ourselves that when we wake up in the morning, we don't have to be grumpy old people or young for those, sorry, don't mean to offend anyone. But we can be angry, we can be, and a bit focused on everything else, and things can lead us astray. And as much as we possibly would come and say, Jesus, I'm all for you, things called life gets in the way. And so we realize we can have access to power, but how do we actually access such power? I gave us a couple of examples which are going to come up top. Bad desires. Sometimes we would have bad desires. We would not want to do the smartest thing. A way that we can combat that, my friends, is having accountability. What does that look like? That looks like a supervisor or a mentor in your life, someone that you can lean on and gain wisdom from, and they can pray for you and you can do life with. They can help. If we have bad feelings, my friends, get into the Word. One thing I learned to do is learn to preach the Word over yourself. You don't have to stand on stage to preach. Woo. Speak the Word over your life and take back what you or the enemy is trying to steal from you. Bad thoughts, man, pray those thoughts captive. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I don't want to serve my wife. Why? I don't know. Just don't. 
Don't feel like it. Pray those thoughts captive, man. They're trying to take over your life. Take it back. Bad words. One thing that helped for me was mental awareness. What I mean by this concept is I used to struggle with not necessarily swearing, but making jokes to people. So I'd be like, you're lame or you're an idiot. Obviously more colorful than that, but, you know, just make fun of people. And then one thing I started doing, obviously prayerfully, is just making a note. Oh, that's right. Actually, focus, focus. Don't say that word. And I would learn to replace it. Say the sentence again. That might help for you guys. But what I really want to challenge every one of us to do is the next part to this and learning to operate in power. And that is this. The month of November is coming up. I want to challenge the church right now for a one-month fast. November, you've got a couple of weeks. You can pray about it, suss it out, see how you feel. One-month fast, though. And it's got to be something that you spend most of your time on. I once heard Andy Winio say in a rap, it went like this. He said, I feel like God is calling dudes, but they just want to play Call of Duty. For a long time in my life, gaming was an issue for me. If that is an issue for you, then I would highly recommend. Think about this concept. One month fast, it means that we sacrifice something that is of value for us in order to replace it with more time and more effort with God. What does that actually mean for us? This means that we learn to walk in the power of God. That means we learn to access all authority that is in heaven that can be on earth through us in our relationship with Christ. In every single way, we can move into a place that, you know those like miracles that are spoken about in the Bible? We can actually create an atmosphere around us that those things can actually take place. If we would just surrender in fullness and focus on Him. Oh, hear the holiness come, man. The Spirit fills the room. The keys go. <laughs> Pickles are good. See, that even sounds holy, doesn't it? One month fast, November. I challenge every single one of you. What do you spend most of your time on that is outside of God? So I'm not saying, oh, I read my Bible most of the time. Sweet, I don't have to read it. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Outside of God, what is it you spend most of your time on and switch that for one month and see what God does in your life? I know for a fact God would meet every single one of you in this room in a mighty and powerful way that we would see miracles actually take place. That when we have family time, all of you will be running up front, man, guess what? I uh, sort of prayed for this person and their leg got healed. Guess what? I've raised someone from the dead. If that happened, me, PJ, and Yalta would love to talk to you. It'd be a great conversation. But what I'm getting at, guys, is Jesus didn't come and die on the cross for you to live a defeated and chained up life. John 10, 10 says this, whoo, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, this is Jesus, I, Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life and life to the full. We're talking a full, awesome life. If there's things in your world right now that aren't of Jesus and they make you feel good, <laughs> yeah, time's up by a billion. And that is your semi-comparison in regards to surrendering such things for God. God is awesome, man. 
You guys wondering why I'm so pumped? Yeah, Jesus does that to people. He's just that way inclined. Learning to surrender everything that we have. What does that look like for us? In a lot of ways, that means that we can actually step into what God has for us. No boundaries, no blockages, no stops, no distractions. In every single way, walking with Christ and absolutely changing workplaces, being the king that you would have been anointed to be if you're working in the workplace. It's time to step up, church. In so many ways, God's just waiting for us. For a long time, we've been waiting for God. God's spoken. It's time for us to actually move and do what God's asking of us. So I leave you with this concept. Power over self begins and ends with one thing. One thing. That one thing, my friends, is Jesus. It's Jesus and all of His glory and all of His love and all of His power, all of His sacrifice, all of His forgiveness. Jesus was that good because He died for us. And in Psalms 18, verse 2, we get a great picture of what that looks like. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Take a moment to look at what that looks like for you. Your rock, your fortress, your deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn. Another meaning for that horn word in the scripture is strength strength of my salvation finalized with a one-liner or a one-word stronghold. Stronghold back in the day was where everyone ran to if they were in trouble. It was the impenetrable of all impenetrables. It was supposed to be the safest of all safest places in regards to a castle. It's where everyone went to feel the most safest because they were the most protected. That is God here tonight. That is God in your very day, every single day. But it starts with you. Power over self ends and begins with Jesus. In every way, it means we just sacrifice a little bit more and walk in a little bit more of His power. And every single step that we take towards Him, more freedom, more life, Why? Because He wants you to have life and life to the full.